Um, can everyone hear me now? Okay, the Britney Spears mic is actually working, great. Um, so my name's Matt Allagai, I work for It's Nice That, which is a media publisher uh, based over in East London. We do a lot of writing about creativity on a day-to-day -day basis, so we do about 10 stories a day, uh, covering everything from photography to illustration to graphic design, and of course advertising as well. Um, so I'm here today to talk about this topic, content that rises above, above the buzz. Um, and we have three amazing speakers with us today who will be joining as soon as we get a couple more chairs up here. Um, so we have Alice Chu, the Chief Creative Officer from Dentsu, who's going to be joining us. Um, Sarah Girona, uh, Creative Director of BBC Studios. And Toby Allen, who's a Creative Partner at AMV BBDO. Uh, sadly, Natalie can't make it to today, but um, we've got three great speakers. And um, we're going to start the conversation in, in just a moment. But uh, before we do, we want to show you a bit of work first. Um, so there's four bits of creative work we want to show you, and then we'll get the speakers on, and uh, we'll start the conversation. Great. Thanks. Great. So I'm going to invite our, our speakers up, and then we can have a chat there. So what you just saw was uh, Coruscant, Give Your Heart, to start with, then Breaking Ballet, which was the, uh, the Joburg Ballet Company, and uh, The Truth is Worth It for the New York Times, and then finally Viva La Vulva for uh, Libres. Um, just to give you an idea of how this is going to work, so we've probably got about yeah, 25 minutes um, between us to talk, and uh, I've got a few questions for these guys. Um, but then afterwards, there's going to be time for an audience Q&A, so please hold your questions uh, until the end, um, and then we'll have a, yeah, we'll give you guys the floor, as it were. Um, so welcome, all of you, to, uh, to this. By the way, that's Catherine at the end. Uh, she's here for moral support for, for Alice. Um, if you guys, uh, I guess, could just talk us through a little bit about how you found the, the judging process. Maybe, Toby, I'll start with you You're next to me. Um, how you found the judging process and, and anything that stood out for you, really? Um, well, I guess, I mean, the first, there are kind of two, two juries represented here. There's film and, and branded entertainment. And the truth is, I don't think anyone's really got a, a handle on the distinction between the two. Um, so we spent a lot of the time debating, just in terms of a, awards and criteria, what constitutes branded entertainment and content versus sort of straight up film. And the definition we arrived at, for, at least for our category, was if, if, the, if the piece of work is using entertainment or content and using the codes of entertainment, to connect with an audience in a way that traditional advertising couldn't, then it was branded entertainment, regardless of the form it took, whether it's documentary, whether it's a live event or whatever. Um, so it was just sort of using different codes um, and formats to, to connect with an audience beyond advertising. Um, so that was kind of our definition. Obviously, mm. film was a bit more clear-cut, I guess. It is a bit more clear-cut. I mean, I was surprised. We were just talking about it. Viva La Volvo, we, we thought it would be in our category. So when it wasn't there, um, it took us by surprise. So that was a discussion point. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was kind of clearer for us in the sense that we had TV and cinema. But then it was that distinction between actually should what works harder on what platform, but then if other, I say, campaigns had entered all, then that was a discussion point too. Right. So yeah, I mean, 
lots of interesting discussions, is all <laughs> I can really say. And so it might actually be worth, just first of all, if you um, gave us a little insight into BBC Studios, actually, where and, and what you guys do. So BBC Studios is, I would say, the commercial side of BBC. So we work on the franchise brands, and we kind of, we talk to the world, basically, and we also work with program makers from the very, kind of, say, the beginning of um, an idea of a program. We help them articulate it, get pictures, all the way right through to the consumer side. So if I take The Planets, for example, which is a campaign that's out at the moment from the team, um, we've been working on that for the last two years, and we've created live events for it, arena events, but no one would have seen that within the consumer space. So right. it, it's a clear distinction that way. And Alice, how about you? When you were doing the, the judging, I mean, what, what really stood out for you in terms of any broader themes or anything like that? Yeah, um, uh, actually, this year in branded content and entertainment, we have 279 mm -hmm. entries, and 76% uh, of them are all films. So um, I've been thinking when uh, a film, traditional, uh, no, no, conventional <laughs> form of film, uh, they are getting more and more skillful to uh, tell a story to engage people. How can we, how can we find uh, a piece of work that can really stand out for, uh, for, for our industry to, to, uh, to highlight, to, to show the possibility of branded content and entertainment? That's how we, we think. And Toby, you, um, I mean, you, you highlighted before we came on here, Corathon is something that you found really, really interesting when we were watching that. I mean, we're talking here about you know, content that rises above the buzz. Um, what was it about that that really kind of appealed to you? So th I think first and foremost, going back to that definition of have they used entertainment to solve a business problem? So the business problem was that loads of people were in favor of organ donation, but no one cared enough to sign up as, as a donor. And, you know, they clearly made a strategic decision that doing an ad wasn't going to get get the audience over that line. So they created a long-form piece of content, which I think kind of, you know, with the casting, the director and all the rest of it, stands up to a kind of feature-length kind of quality, the kind of thing you'd expect to see at a theatrical release. Um, it was brilliantly crafted. Um, the music was on point. The, you know, big-name actors, a Hollywood director, so they really committed to it. The cinematography was great. The story itself was was really bold. So it was, you know, it was about a sex worker from um, uh, the Caribbean who who kind of ends up in, in in New York and has has a operation there. Um, you know, and that's kind of having the having a sex worker as I guess as your heroine. That's kind of a a storyline that I think a lot of Hollywood studios might have balked at. And yet you've got a a hospital trust who kind of embraced it and ran with it. Um, and I also thought the media was really interesting. So it was a, it was a New York hospital, um, and they screened the film in New York cinemas, and they released it at Tribeca. You know, so they were kind of building this sort of groundswell at a community level, at a citywide level. Um, and so it was a, just a really smart use of a piece of cinema in cinemas to mobilize an audience local to that, to that sort of, to the hospital. And I think, although it did, you know, it got 16 million views and all the rest of it, it wasn't, like, unlike a lot of stuff you see, it wasn't necessarily designed to break the internet. Um, it was just designed to do a job in its city, and it did it uh, stunningly well. Um, and I think the, reason, the other reason I wanted to talk about it 
I think in an industry full of, I think we've got the talent to write and create really compelling long form stories. But for one reason or another, I don't think we make, we get enough opportunities to do so, or we make enough opportunities to do so. And so I just wanted to hold this up as an example of, you know, when we do get that opportunity, uh, what we can achieve and try and sort of uh, use that to shine a light for others. I mean, I guess one thing we haven't really talked about yet is that the premise of this conversation is that there is a buzz that you need to rise above. I mean, is that, I guess we're talking there about saturation in, in terms of, you know, there's so much content out there. It almost seems counterintuitive to do something much, much longer, to give people more content than, uh, than you would normally do for something like this. So to do a 48-minute film, is, that so, I mean, is there something interesting there about actually going way beyond the length that you would normally conceive of something like this? Well, there's, there's one, one kind of example taking it to its, kind of the, to its ridiculous conclusion. So there was a, a film for Lexus, um, which was a 60,000-hour film. Um, and the whole premise was it takes a Japanese craftsman, a Takumi, 60,000 hours to perfect their craft. So they made a 60,000-hour film of that craftsmanship. Um, now, clearly, that's a sort of an attention-grabbing headline as a, as a concept. Um, I don't think they were expecting someone to watch 60,000 hours of it. Um, but it, yeah, it's just playing with, with form and content, I think. Oh, sorry, the, 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 the form of the content is quite interesting. Yeah. Sarah, is that something you've experienced as well? I guess as things drift over to different you know, channels, they're not just all um, on the TV anymore. Does that allow you to do a lot more you know, experimentation with, with things like length, I guess? Depending on the brief. <laughs> it's very much, I mean, we can have ideas of where we can put things, and I think we can be very creative. And that's part of the whole creation of what we're doing is where... Um, it's going to reach audiences, our content, because that was much of our conversation as well, is, you know, you can create these films, but if no one knows how to get there, then, or knows that it exists, then it does the film really exist? Mm -hmm. um, so that was, like, again, one of the discussions within the panel. But, um, yeah, I mean, in terms of content itself, I mean, we're consuming so much more. I mean, when I look at my own behavior watching Netflix, that's my weekend gone. You know, so I, I do like the example that you've given about um, the 60, was it thousand? 60,000. 60, uh, yeah. I mean, that's such a beautiful idea in itself. And that's what really got my attention about how the execution informed the idea. Right. I mean, yeah, Alice, is it some, sometimes better to go against the grain in that way? You know, if everyone is going for shorter, trying to grab as many eyeballs as possible in, in five seconds, is it actually quite an interesting to do something a bit slower and a bit, you know, that takes a bit longer to do? Sorry, maybe it wasn't the best, <laughs> the best worded question. I think it's not about the speed, it's about the content itself. Yeah, if, if it's, it's very engaging and very inspiring. And uh, I think no matter it's slow or fast, no matter it's long or short. Yeah. Hmm. That's very, yeah, I mean, I, I guess speed is one thing, but also speed of creation is another thing. I mean, I'm yeah. fascinated by that Joburg Ballet Company um, work that we saw, which 
So the, just uh, if it wasn't clear from the, from the videos, these are created in about four to seven days. So the team spots something that's you know, blowing up on social media, thinks that it's going to have you know, enough kind of, uh, I guess, of a tail to it, enough traction for it to be still relevant in a week. And they create a ballet within the space of a week that is then put out. So it's an amazingly fast process. And I guess that's something else I wanted to ask you guys is, um, you know, is, I guess, topicality or relevance so important now that actually it needs to be that week that you do the thing? I think you're, you're a big fan of breaking ballet. So yeah, why did you, uh, <laughs> yeah um, I, I, I'm a like uh, breaking ballet um, because uh, the first is, is uh, all start with new thinking. They transform the ballet into a new language. Well, um, all the uh, Africa, uh, South Africa young uh, audience still think ballet is an old-fashioned dance form. And uh, uh, the second is they breaking the rule. Uh, they getting ballet a fresh new look from old fashion, old uh, traditional image, and getting close to a more diverse audience, and uh, talking to them directly. Yeah, and I, I really like. I've never thought ballet could be so free and uh, so unlimited, mm. and they can. Um, they, they, they're based on the biggest topic uh, from social media and uh, uh, in real time response. That's quite, quite, quite uh, very cool. <laughs> yeah, very cool to me. Uh, actually, we have uh, there is eight uh, uh, by size uh, short film, but uh, our jury panel we we select four of them to make it more concise and uh, powerful. Uh, you know the uh, you you just saw uh, the first one is uh, they uh, they to uh, welcome the upcoming season seven of Game of Thrones and they 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 come out uh, a change of season they uh, on the Gay Pride Day they come out the uh, Love is Love uh, it reminds all of us that. Love is love and love is beautiful, uh, no matter what shape or form it takes. That, that one I like. And uh, the one I like most is the uh, Rain Must Fall. That, that one, um, I don't know why, no reason. It's just so powerful and so beautifully executed. <laughs> that, that was the one that was done during the South African drought, wasn't it, in, yeah, in the Cape? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Water um, crisis. Yeah. It was that... Was, values of Sorry. No, no, go, go. But the production values of that was amazing. Mm. I couldn't believe when you, I didn't realize the story behind it. So to know that then it only took, was it five days yeah. from idea to execution? I mean, it puts a lot of us to shame, really, doesn't it? I mean, there's no excuse. Mm. I mean, if uh, the quality of that work going out, so, I mean, it's incredible. And, and I think also, you know, that the craft, like the, the music choices, the, 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 the mm. choice of storyline, so there was. There was a gun control one. There was game, it ranged from Game of Thrones to gay rights to climate crisis. You know, it was literally all the things that a, a young audience could or, or would be interested in. Mm. And then they crafted the hell out of it, like you say, in five yeah. days. The music was equally diverse. Like every every one had a completely different soundtrack. Mm. Um, and it's just it's just this sort of beautiful alchemy of of, of yeah. ingredients: music, great choreography. Um, 
you know, fresh stories, old art form. It just, it all kind of works. Mm. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, that was presumably made largely to live on social media because it was connecting with a millennial audience. That was the, the, the idea behind it. I'm just interested. I mean, are people now finally understanding that they have to create content for where people are spending most of their time? You know, I guess the media where millennials are living is, is not necessarily the same as it used to be. And is that a good example? I mean, Toby, you, you step in here. Is that a good example, do you think, of content that's, that's kind of made with that medium in mind? De definitely. And, and one of the kind of, I guess, the anomalies of, of um, the sort of judging process that was that film, which kind of elsewhere is just film that runs anywhere, kind of a DNAD is, is TV and cinema. And I think probably that needs to change at some point right. um, because there's a lot of great social film and, and online film that kind of is being judged in digital marketing. Mm. Whereas it wasn't, it's not actually conceived as digital marketing, it's conceived as pieces of film that live on a platform, any platform. Mm. Um, but. No, exactly, I agree. I mean, it, I, it wouldn't seem out of place to see that film on cinema or even on injunctions. I would love to see that on screen, um, whatever screen it is. So it's, I mean, I think there's so much opportunity online um, and it seems like that's where the boundaries are being broken and, and that's where the exciting work seems to be from my opinion. Yeah. No, fair enough. Um, we've run out of time for our bit of the, the Q&A, but we, we now have an opportunity to open the floor to you guys to, uh, to ask your questions. So if you have any thoughts on a, on a question that you'd like to ask, please put your hand up and we'll um, try and find you with a mic. Anybody? If you don't ask questions, I might sing. So someone put your hand up. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> Uh, were there uh, music videos in that category, or uh, is that there are so many DNAD categories? Perhaps you never saw any. I don't know. There, there was a, there was some, there was, there's a, there's a set, whole separate category for music videos in DNAD. Um, there were a couple of brand-funded music videos that we judged. So, for example, Bacardi have a, a kind of Sound of the Caribbean kind of program. They don't call it that. I think there's music liberates music, and they ran a competition for tracks that were chosen by Diplo, and then the winning tracks got a music video made. So the, the involvement, and it was sort of Bacardi Presents. So there was a kind of quite, quite a substantial involvement from the brand. Um, but in terms of, you know, just gen generic not, or unbranded music videos, they, they belong in a separate category. So, so this had to be a brand associated with a brand first. Yes, yeah. Anyone else? Yeah. Um, with like the rise of ad blocking and being able to fast forward through ads and Sky and whatever, to what extent do you think that all kind of TV ads and above the line is going to have to become more like branded content? Just describe my partner there. That's <laughs> what he does all the time. Um, how does it stand out? I mean, yes, we've got a harder job to try and make um, our content stand out. Um, and this is what I mean about how to, we have to be, um, I suppose, box clever in how we reach our audiences. So that's where the challenge is for us. Um, so just to understand the question fully, was it that junctions are being, in like in this SVODs kind of environment, they're being skipped over? Well, 
I mean, I, I kind really of believe that. So. I really, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hope to God it does. I mean, in order to kind of touch people or reach people, it has to be entertaining. That's number one, and to get that engagement. So whatever platform it's on, it doesn't really matter for me. It's like, yeah, yeah. you've got to keep that. <laughs> Uh, we, we have two questions over here, um, maybe one and then the other. Um, what would you say is your advice for creating a piece of invaluable advice? Like, what would you say is your key things for in your process for creating work that you know will live and stand the test of time? Oh, stand the test of time. That's big. I mean, I, I, who wants to go first? Uh, so there's a kind of, there's an inside-out rule and an outside-in rule. So the outside in, looking at the process from the outside in, I kind of go, my rule of thumb is break, break one rule, you know, at least one. Um, and it, was, it didn't come from me, it came from a far wiser advertising creative. But um, if you're always breaking one rule, then you're by definition doing something different. And then the kind of the inside out version of that is like, are you, you know, are you absolutely fired up by it? Does it, mm. does it, you know, and it sounds a bit trite, but you know, if you're reading it out to yourself or to others, is it making you laugh? Is it putting shivers down your spine? Because if it doesn't get you excited, um, it sure as hell won't, you won't be excited about it in the six months it takes to make it, or the year, or whatever, um, and it won't excite the audience. So you've just got to trust what you think is moving, or emotional, or funny, or exhilarating. Yeah, no, I agree. Go with the gut. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think uh, if you can talk too hard to make them cry, maybe make, make them uh, smile, make them think about something they never think about, I think that's, that's a good one. Um, I'm afraid we're out of time. I know you had a question, so maybe you could grab one of these guys afterwards um, and they'll be sticking around for a question. But yeah, thank you all very much uh, for being here as our audience. And thank you to these guys, Alice Chu, Sarah Girona, and Toby Allen. Thank you.